everybody. Welcome. Listen, last week was so exciting, and the feedback was so positive. We decided we'd come back and do it again. I always say as a leader that if you don't have anybody behind you, uh, you're just man taking a walk, but I'm a leader because you've given the opportunity to share with you um, what I think God has given to me for this season, for this time, and for you. Last week, we talked about limited excuses, and I have some excuses. Do you? And we threw all of those excuses in a trash bag, and we said we were not going to go forward. We're not going to wait till the new year to have a New Year's resolution. We're just going to have a new day resolution. No more excuses. Today, right in line with that, I want to talk to you something, uh, talk to you about something that I think is equally important. Now, you may say, man, this is Bible study is different. It, no praise and worship. No. I just wanted to get straight to the point. Like, I want to build you. I, I don't I don't want to waste your time. I think that we could get more done in 35 minutes uh, with just you and I sitting here in our private spaces than we could with all of the distractions. And, you know, sometimes change is so hard that when it doesn't look like what it used to look like, there can be anxiety added to it. Sometimes change is good. And I want you to, I want you to tell me, Pastor, this, I, this I'm digging. Like, I like this. I feel like I have you. I feel like I have your attention. I feel like I can grow like this, and I think you can help me build my life. And if that is what you say I can do, I'm all for it because that is the only thing that I want to do. I want to serve you. And so let's dive into another lesson. I think it's going to pull back some of the scales and going to eliminate a lot of pain. If you're up for being in less pain in the next few moments, raise your hand. Because I am. I just told somebody the other day, I would exchange almost anything for peace. I'd I'd be willing to lose an argument for peace. I'd rather, I, I, I am at the stage of my life, I'm willing to be wrong for some peace. How many of y'all are there with me? You can just type Show you right. And I think you spelled that S-H-O-W-L, something like that. I think it's a whole lot of different ways you can spell it, but that's the way I would spell it if I was writing it. Matthew chapter 27. This is going to be a good one. Oh, I can feel it. I can feel it. Matthew chapter 27, verse 3. Here I am with my fingers on the pages of the Bible again. Matthew 27 and 3. Here's what it says. Then Judas, which betrayed him, when he saw him, he was condemned. That means that he was emotionally distraught. You ever had to face somebody you hurt? Or or face somebody who hurt you? This is what Judas is going through. And the Bible says, that he betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. Then this is what he said. He says, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, what is that? And he's, and he cast down the pieces of silver. In other words, he threw it 
on the temple floor and he departed and went and hung himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful to put these pieces in the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and brought with them the potter's field to bury strangers and wherefore the field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was filled that which was spoken over Jeremiah the prophet saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value, and they gave them for the potter's field, and the Lord appointed them. Let me tell you something. And I'm going to start off with a big word. And that big word is rejection. Judas felt rejected because of his actions. Nowhere did Jesus reject him. He felt rejected because of his own actions. And you know what I found out? Rejection crushes. Rejection crushes. Um, if you're in a, a sport, if you've ever played any sport, some people rise to the occasion and they score 50 points when the opposing team boos them. But some people, it crushes them. Have you ever showed up for a job interview? You put on your best. You brought your best and you still didn't get the job. That, that crushes Rejection doesn't just have to be in interpersonal relationships. There are a whole lot of ways you can be rejected, and it absolutely crushes. But what you have to know about rejection, and if you're looking for the title, today we're going to be talking about emotional first aid. I'm going to show you today how you can feel good even when it looks bad. How you can lift up your heads, as the Bible says, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And how you can be in a posture where the king of glory can come in. I'm going to show you how to let the king of glory in instead of depression in. How you can forgive yourself so you won't hang yourself. The enemy is after you, and I need you to know that you are a victim. You have been victimized by a plot that preceded your mother's pregnancy. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, the enemy had already had a plot out for you, and you are the victim of something that started before your mother and father ever met. And you are at a disadvantage because here you are, 32 years old, fighting something that's 5,000 years old. How can you win a battle without knowledge that started before you came? You don't have enough experience in life to know what you're fighting. But I'm going to help you today. Matter of fact, I just need everybody to say, I'm going to learn today. I'm going to learn today. You are not, hear me, you listening to me, son, daughter, nephew, cousin, 
whoever you are, however you look at me, your pastor, your online pastor, PK, whatever you look at me, I am telling you, you not carrying that stuff into tomorrow. Let it go. And I'm going to show you how to do it. Because rejection, anger, frustration, it clouds your judgment. What would make Judas think that going to hang himself was going to solve this problem? See, the spirit of suicide is the nephew of cloudy judgment. Cloudy judgment and suicide are twins because when you have one, it automatically makes you think about the other. And I come up against the spirit of suicide today. Listen to this calculation that I believe is true in all of your lives. Are you ready? Rejection clouds judgment. Cloudy judgment causes anger. Anger erodes your sense of belonging. And when your sense of belonging has gone down, it reduces self-esteem. And then what happens is emotional pain typically manifests as physical pain. So when you're dealing with something psychologically and your mental uh, position is eroding, then you start having heart palpitations, and headaches, and back pain, and fatigue. Because you so lingered around the negative position that it is now affected your physical position. Then what happens is pain dampens your logic. Now you are logically not there because when you are in pain and when you are frustrated, every conclusion you come up with is wrong. (laughs) Everything you think about the person, everything you think about yourself, everything you think about the circumstance It's cloudy judgment. You can't trust your eyes when they can't see. It's difficult to look through the windshield of a car that's in a storm. You can open your eyes in a swimming pool, but don't get in the lake and try to do it. Sometimes your environment can be so cloudy that you can't find your way. And so pain will dampen your logic. Listen, and when your logic is messed up, then that translates into a drop in confidence. Whose life am I describing right now? And maybe not your life, but whose life, at least in a moment, do you feel like, man, that's me. Now, ain't nobody around. It's just me and you. It's just me and you. We ain't got to put on for nobody. We're not in church. So you don't have to give your neighbor a high five. And you ain't got to act like your life is together because you got somebody sitting next. This is me and you. You at home. You're in your car. You're in your office. You're at Starbucks. It's just me and you. Ain't nobody in here with me but the cameraman, and he ain't paying attention to me. He's just looking through the camera. So listen, it's just you and I. The cameraman don't know you. You don't know him. Can we just be real? Whose life am I describing right now? Your confidence is so low 
that you'll date anybody. Just not to be at home by yourself. Your confidence is so low that you don't even enjoy the company of the people you keep company with, but you rather have bad company than no company. Let's just keep it real. You'll accept anybody who accepts you because your confidence has gone that low. And eventually, low confidence equates to low work ethic and performance. And now your confidence is so low that you're not even working hard enough to make a difference. You're working hard, but the work ethic is not leading to positive performance. And no matter what book you read, and no matter what television show you watch, and no matter what music you listen to, and no matter how many sermons you watch, you cannot seem to get yourself out of that funk. If I'm talking to you, just type, you're talking to me. I'm going to get you out of that today. Because when you feel pain, you create a counter-argument to that pain. And you have to get to a place where you talk louder than your pain. Sometimes you could be feeling like, oh, woe is me. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and never beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower, even when you got a 14% interest rate. I am a leader. I am intelligent. I am not broken, even when you are broken. I am telling you to create a counter-argument to the pain you feel. If you don't create a counter argument to the pain you feel, then the pain you feel will argue to keep you in pain. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, he was nailed. He was bleeding. He was hungry. He was fatigued. And still had a counter argument. Nevertheless, not my will. But that will be done. They were misusing him and abusing him. Counter argument. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. If you don't talk to you. Then you are at the mercy of the things and the people. Who speak to you. Or who speak over you. You've got to have a louder counter argument than your emotions. You know, when you're a kid, you like Band-Aids. Because a Band-Aid is not, listen, Band-Aids are not just designed to stop the bleeding. No, the people who designed the Band-Aid maybe didn't have this in their original design, but something came out of it. Whenever you have a Band-Aid on a wound, you always get sympathy. Somebody sees the Band-Aid and they always ask, what happens? What happened? And some people are so addicted to the question, what happened? Now, they have a new Band-Aid out right now. It's clear, and nobody will know you have it on, and it's liquid. But guess what? It burns going on. And to heal 
outside of supervision for some people is going to burn because it's not easy to heal when nobody can see. It's not easy to heal when nobody's asking you, what's wrong? It's not easy to heal when you can't use your emotions to manipulate somebody else's response. I'm talking about real healing. I'm not talking about a Band-Aid. I'm not talking about sweeping it under the rug, and then when something else happens, you're in pain. The next time it happens the same way you were in pain that last time. I'm talking about the bone being so healed that if you hit it, it doesn't hurt. I'm talking about that sore spot being so healed that if somebody steps on it, you don't say, ouch. That's real healing when you can go back to your previous activity without the fear of the previous pain. You know, I, um, I tore my ACL. Many of you know that. And, um, I couldn't work out on my leg. And so the left leg, I was in my twenties. Uh, there's a process called atrophy. When, when you can't use a muscle, it shrinks in size. You have to be careful with an atrophy muscle because the stability is not there. So I had to be careful and I had to wear a brace because my immobility caused the muscle to atrophy. It lost strength. And when you are emotionally drained and you are alone, everything atrophies. Your spirit, your worship, your confidence, your conversation. Man was not created to be alone. And so what pain does is it isolates you. And every time you're in pain, it causes you to be alone. And let me tell you, every moment you spend alone, you're getting weaker. With every moment you refuse to go outside of the house and talk to somebody, you're getting weaker. And the problem with being weak is you won't have the strength for the next test. Talking about emotional first aid. Talking about being healthy enough to survive. Judas went out there and hung himself because he did not have the inner voice to confront his demons. He wasn't able to tell himself, I betrayed Jesus. And even though I messed up and even though everybody is mad at me, I forgive me. Because the first rope was not about Jesus not forgiving him. His first rope was about him not forgiving himself. Most people hang themselves because of what they say to themselves before anybody else does. Had he, had he lived long enough to get to Jesus, he would have found out that his grace was sufficient for what he did. But because of his inner conversation, he killed himself be, before he can have an outer experience. How many of you? have been so hard on yourself. And I'm not saying that you're literally physically swinging from a tree, but how many hopes and dreams have you hung because you couldn't hang in there long enough to change the conversation to yourself? I am the righteousness of God, even though I am unrighteous as a person. I can be the lender, not the borrower, even though my current circumstances can say I'm borrowing because I have a counter argument that's on the inside that speaks louder than any emotional baggage that I bring to the table. I'm getting ready to tell you something that's getting ready to explain to you everything that has ever happened to you in your life. Are you ready? Because this is about to change your life. I'm not going to give it if you're not ready. 
I need you to holler at me in the comments and say, PK, I'm ready for it. Are you ready? Because I'm getting ready to tell you why you are going through what you're going through. I'm getting ready to tell you why you are struggling the way you're struggling. I'm getting ready to tell you why it has been difficult in this season for you to bounce back. And I'm going to help you in a way you've never been helped. Are you ready? Because you may not have known this. You may not have known this. And I'm getting ready to give you an example. And I know God just gave me this because of what just happened right now. Something just happened in this room that you missed. While I was talking to you, the battery on the screen went out. And I kept talking to you because I knew the audio was still recording. And I never stopped. And the producer had to get up and change the battery and get everything back in working order. And you did not know any of that was happening. But I kept talking because I didn't want to start over. And I knew that they had a backup plan that even if what I was using primarily stopped, that there was something else that would make sure that what I'm saying to you wasn't lost. Here it is. Are you listening to me? If you're not careful and you don't have a story that's committed to memory, then every time there's a glitch, you'll stop, which will keep you from progressing. And let me tell you something about trauma. Trauma is like a virus on a computer. It will erase your identity. The reason why most of you don't know who you are is because trauma has erased your identity. I'm a victim of it. I know what it feels like. Trauma will erase your identity. Trauma will erase everything that you've ever learned. Trauma will erase everything you've ever thought. Trauma will erase everything you've ever believed. Trauma will erase everything you've ever read. And you will listen to the trauma and you will forget that you are triumphant. You will forget that you are a Jesus lover. You will forget that no weapon formed against you will prosper when you have trauma. Trauma erases the hard drive. Trauma is the devil's virus to eliminate the things that God has hidden in your heart so that in the time of trouble you will not sin against him. Trauma erases the identity. And some of you, like me, have had so much trauma in your life that by the time it's time to live, you don't even know who you are. By the time it's time to parent, you don't know, you don't know how to parent. By the time it's time to get married, you don't know how to be a spouse. By the time it's time to open the business, you don't know how to suffer because you've suffered so long. That your reserve has been eliminated. Trauma deletes a person's identity. I've had so much trauma in my life that certain blocks of my life I cannot remember. My younger sister will say to me, do you remember so-and-so? She'll say, what's wrong with you? I will tell her, I literally was in so much pain during that moment, I don't remember the time frame. Trauma will erase your memory, your identity, 
and your sense of self-worth. So let's talk about how to treat loss and trauma. I wish I could have said, Judas, you don't have to hang yourself. There's there's a grace for that. (laughs) Can I tell you right now, look, look, look at me, look at me. Person who has the bottle of pills, put them down. Person who has the razor blade because you practice cutting yourself, put it down. Person who always has to have a bottle of wine or about a bottle of some liquor to function, look at me, put it down. It has a way therein leads to death and destruction. We're going to treat this trauma today. We're going to come from up underneath this trauma today. And you're going to find your identity and your story so that you can always speak louder to you than whatever you're using to escape today. We're going to treat it. Put it down. The pain you feel. Listen to me. The pain you feel today is not only yours to feel, but it's also yours to heal. The problem with most of us is that we think that the feeling is up to us, but the healing is up to someone else. Hear me. You got to be your own therapist. You got to be your own specialist. If you can't afford a therapist, you have to be your own. Pain is both yours to feel and to heal. The healing is also your responsibility. Not the preacher. Not the therapist. Not your husband. Not your wife. Not your boo. Not your spouse. Not your children. Not the apology. The healing is up to you too. It's yours to feel. And the hill. I need you to recover from the parts of you that you've lost over the last 24 months. Last 27 months. Last 36 months. Last five years. I need you to go find the parts of you that you lost. Because your destiny is waiting on the whole you. Judas, where are you? Yes, you messed up. But you don't have to hang yourself. Because when you were created, there was also a grace hidden in the package that could be accessed just in case you don't reach the mark. You have to recover the parts of you that you've lost. You have to recover the parts of you that you've lost. And how many of you feel guilty about something? Can I tell you something about guilt? Guilt is the evidence that you have a functional conscience. <laughs> people, people around here making you feel bad because you feel guilty. You feel guilty because you have a conscience, because you're not cold-hearted, because you're not evil, because you're not the devil. You have a conscience. That's why you feel guilty. Sometimes having a conscience can be a weight because it makes you feel bad 
about doing things to people who did bad things to you. And you don't have to feel weak because there isn't enough evil in you to get evil and to get even. Be fine with the fact that you were created in a way that gives people the benefit of the doubt even when they gave you a bread and a stone instead of some bread, a knife instead of a prayer. That God equipped you with enough consciousness to feel guilty about an ill-advised reaction to someone who put you in distress emotionally. Listen to this, and I'm going to be done. If you haven't paid attention to anything I've said today, the next five minutes are going to change your life, and it is worth you being still and concentrating on what I am saying right now. Eliminate all distractions because what I am getting ready to say to you is fire. Are you ready? Studies show that most people suffer at least two hours a day of mild guilt. Two hours a day. of telling yourself a bad story. Two hours a day not forgiving you. Two hours a day of being harder on you than anybody else is. Two hours a day of mild guilt. Listen. Five hours a week of moderate guilt. That's five hours a week that you're destroying your own self-confidence. Three and a half months a year of severe guilt. That means that over 20% of 2021 or any other year that you will see this message. That means over 20 to 25% of this year, you have spoken negatively to you. How can you reach your goal with that kind of self-conversation? that you spend over three months discouraging yourself. Judas, your reputation is destroyed. Not because you hung yourself, and I've heard that a thousand times. Judas's reputation is not destroyed because he hung himself. Judas's reputation is destroyed because he didn't give Jesus enough time to forgive him. Because if it was what he did that destroyed his reputation, then Peter's reputation would be destroyed too because he denied him. But Peter preached Pentecost because he was able to talk to himself until he could get back to the master. The brain doesn't feel pain. In fact, I read that you could actually operate on the brain without anesthesia. Did you know that? That the brain doesn't feel pain. That you can actually take a knife and cut the brain and you won't even feel it. You have to go under anesthesia because it hurts to cut through the stuff that leads to the brain. And I want to close by saying this. 
Your problem is not your brain. Your problem is all of the stuff that you let surround it. All of the barriers that information has to get through before it can influence you. That's where your pain is coming from. The many layers that this information is going to have to cut through. That's where the pain comes from. The resistance that I'm not there yet. Or I'm not ready to, to forgive. I'm not ready to move on. All of those layers, this information is running up against your history and your pain. And that's why it's going to hurt. But once it gets to your mind, you will cease to be in pain because the brain doesn't feel pain. And you don't need anesthesia to operate on the brain. If you can let this word get to your brain, all of what I'm doing right now is coming from my brain. You can increase your mobility and movement if you can survive the cutting and the pain it takes to get to your mind. If a man is going to be transformed, it must be by the renewing of his mind. God, in the name of Jesus, please put us under spiritual anesthesia so that we can accept what you're trying to get to our heart. I hear Jessica in my mind. I hear Aaliyah in my spirit. Thank you, Holy Ghost. There is, and I hear Melvin in my spirit. Melvin Green. The Lord put your names on my heart. Let this message reach them, God. And for all of the others that are hearing me today, let this get in them so to change their life forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to seal this moment with a tangible seed. We're giving people. We're a generous people. I found out that generosity is the key. It's a law in the earth. Give and it shall be given unto you. The scripture says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And then it says, shall men give unto your bosom. I am prophesying into your life. And let me make sure I'm hearing from the Holy Ghost that in this next season of your life, you're going to get money from paychecks and people. Paychecks and people. People are going to start giving things to you. I'm not talking about earned income. I'm talking about your life is going to be so impactful that people are going to say, here, I want to share this gift with you because of what you have meant to me. I want you to give right now. I want you to access any of those ways they just put on the screen for you to do it. And I want you to sow into your emotional health and healing and that you will never suffer psychologically like you have again in the past. You promise? All right, I love you. Ain't nothing you can do about it. I'll see you next week.